This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. What is up, party people? It's me, Jason McIntyre. Straight Fire for Thursday, March 4th. We have a great, great podcast ahead. Oh, you guys are going to love her. Carissa Thompson. I've worked with her at Fox. We did a gambling show together. Talk the line this season. I'm sure you watched that. Obviously, you watched that. So Carissa just started a podcast with Aaron Andrews. Their first guest, Kevin Hart. Uh, Not a bad get for Carissa. And um, I think you guys are going to like the talk with uh, Carissa. Her career has been pretty incredible and meteoric. She's really talented. She knows sports. You guys are going to love that. Before we get to Carissa Thompson, obviously, subscribe, rate, review. Let me just quickly, I'm going totally off the reservation on this one, okay? I was batting around ideas on Wednesday with Rob. What should we talk about? You know, what about this, that? He suggested Sam Darnold, even though he hates when I talk Sam Darnold. Um, He doesn't like when I go to the Jets stuff. And uh, LeBron sat out, obviously, last night. Luka Doncic sat out, resting for the All-Star game. I, I don't really care for the NBA All-Star game. I know it was exciting last year. And then, you know, my kids are watching Friday Night Lights. I think I told you we started watching the iconic NBC show. Um, And we're in like the fourth episode with Voodoo Tatum transferring in. Uh, My kids are way into it. And they're watching in one room. And in the next room I have on the NBA last night. And, um, you know, I'm gambling on college basketball. I had a re- couple really good hits. Joel Embiid comes back for uh, 76ers win. And then I keep I keep watching this one game. I'm, I'm, I'm just morbid fascination with this guy named LaMelo Ball and the Charlotte Hornets. And and I for me, this is the biggest story in sports right now. Okay. I don't know if everybody's going to agree. And sometimes that happens. And guess what? I, you know, I don't care. The cool thing is. My podcast, I can kind of fire on whatever I want within reason. Um, I was going to tell you guys about the story where the the morning where my wife and I almost got carjacked in a parking lot when our car broke down um, one Sunday morning about, I don't know, seven, seven six or seven years ago. Um, terrifying experience, and um, I will recount it at one point. Um but this LaMelo Ball thing just started popping up to me, and I'm watching LaMelo go at Anthony Edwards. Uh, it was Timberwolves Hornets, and ordinarily, you know, I, who, who cares about that game? But remember, Anthony Edwards was the number one pick in the draft, and this was a little personal, right? Everybody was like, oh, LaMelo, oh, he's a, he doesn't play any defense. He's never been in a system. And folks, I went and listened to the two draft guys we had, uh, Babcock and Fraschilla. We had them back in late October, early November. If you are a diehard podcast listener, go back and listen to our LaMelo discussions. There was a lot of trepidation around LaMelo Ball. And, um, I, I, you know, nobody could have predicted this. Nobody. I, I don't want to hear anybody say, oh, LaMelo was going to be awesome. This guy, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm reluctant to use the word incredible, because he's 19, but LaMelo Ball is must-see TV right now in the NBA. And folks, I can guarantee you this. Next season, the NBA will get a million Hornets games on TV because LaMelo is magnetic. I saw a guest who we had on this podcast, Cuffs the Legend, compared LaMelo to Magic Johnson. And I'm watching LaMelo in transition, totally under control. He's got these wicked passes with the spin, fearless, can finish with either hand. He's creative as hell. He can splash threes. 
And I felt so bad watching Anthony Edwards force up bad shot after bad shot. Listen, he's playing on a bad team. The Timberwolves have the worst record in the league. And Edwards was one of 10 from deep, minus 24. But he's playing with Carl Anthony Towns, Ricky Rubio. This team's terrible. Meanwhile, the Hornets are a playoff team in the East. And folks, it's because of LaMelo Ball. It's staggering how good this guy's been. I can't get over how good. So think about this. Lonzo Ball's having the greatest season of his young career. He's 23 years old. He's having career highs in field goals percentage, three-point field goal percentage, free throw shooting. And obviously, listen, I have a little tie to Lonzo because he lived like four blocks away from me. A buddy lived across the street from Lonzo um, when where he rented a house out here near us. Um, and I'm like six minutes drive from the Lakers facility. Um, Julius Randle used to live like in the vicinity. Um, a lot of Lakers kind of live in this area because it's close to the Lakers facility. And, you know, Lonzo, I'd see him at the gym and he would he just with the awkward shooting and even his workouts, you're like, I don't know, man. And, and I feel bad because everybody hyped the hell out of Lonzo coming out of UCLA, including Magic Johnson, who really put the bullseye on his back. And, you know, Lonzo never really had a chance with the Lakers. He's having a good year now. Uh, I just wanted to let everybody know, LaMelo Ball, as a 19-year-old rookie, is having a better season than Lonzo ever did. And this is not about the brothers. It's not really about them. But I do believe the stench of Lonzo's struggles in the first three years kind of had people reluctant to buy in fully to LaMelo. And again, I, you know, I own, I'm a minority owner of a basketball team in Australia. LaMelo played in the league. He only played, I think, eight games, and he was hit and miss. You know, didn't shoot it great, um, didn't play any defense, had wanted the ball in his hands a lot, and I didn't know if it would transition into the NBA, and he's been incredible. We had Muggsy Bogues on this podcast, compared to Anthony Hardaway and Jason Kidd. I just want to let you guys know, last night, LaMelo Ball, in a route of Minnesota, 19 points, 7 rebounds, Five assists in just 26 minutes. He is having an incredible season. He's 19. He's averaging 15, 6, and 6. And it's not like he's shooting poorly. 44% from the field, 36% from three. Despite that awkward shooting motion, 80% from the line. Guys, it it sounds ridiculous, but uh, we got so excited for Luka Doncic after last year. Understandably, he was the MVP frontrunner in the gambling odds. And Lucas, you know, struggled to the start. Uh, Dallas has been up and down. They'll, they'll make a comeback in the second half of the season. I just wonder if LaMelo Ball is going to be like a massive deal in the league next year. And you know, I like to uh, I like to do this, dabble in the stock market, futures odds with gambling. I like to buy low and early. Now, obviously LaMelo Ball, is his stock is not low, but I, I'm telling you this right now, this guy is going to be in the playoffs. Um, and his team's pretty good. Uh, they're a young team that, you know, Gordon Hayward is the old man on their team. He's 30. Um, you know, the old man who plays, like I don't consider Biombo. He's just a warm body out there, but PJ Washington is very good kid out of UK. He's 22. Rogier's 26. Uh, Miles Bridges is 22. Malik Monk. Uh, they got the Martin twins who played at Nevada. Um, da- Devante Graham who, you know, kind of quietly uh, has w- was kind of nudged out of the starting lineup and uh, by LaMelo. And I-, I don't know how you bring Graham back when he's healthy because LaMelo's been that good. And again, 
I don't want to go overboard. Uh, you know, he's played 35 games. But listen, Zion's played something like 65. Uh, and people are going crazy. LaMelo Ball right now, folks, is going to be a massive deal. And, you know, I, I, I know his father's been kind of quiet, which is a good thing. We haven't heard much um, from LaVar Ball. There hasn't been any LaVar, Michael Jordan moments. You almost wonder, did MJ send his people and say, yo, guys, Navalovar, there's not going to be any of that junk here, okay? Um, I, I don't want to say LaMelo Ball is a foundational piece, but 6'6", distributes, rebounds, shoots, uh, finishes. Like, I, I, an NBA comp is tough. When you got guys throwing out Penny Hardaway, Jason Kidd, Magic Johnson, the hype is understandable. I'm telling you, some of these highlight reels that LaMelo puts on every night, you're just like, what? How did we not see this coming? LaMelo Ball is going to have the Hornets in the playoffs. And I'm just, I am curious if people are going to want to come and play with him in Charlotte. I know everybody's going to want to say, oh, the clock's ticking. He's going to go sign in a big market and go to New York or LA in a few, it's five years or whatever. He just has this magnetic thing to his personality. He's always smiling. You know, he seems like he's having fun. His teammates seem to love him. If you look at the bench, when LaMelo does something, everybody's geeked. It's a There's a good vibe right now around the Hornets. And I think Michael Jordan, who's been beat up more than any executive in the NBA, needs some props. He called Gordon Hayward to close the deal. You know, his front office selected LaMelo Ball when there were a lot of questions. I'm loving LaMelo. I'm loving the Charlotte Hornets. All right, let's get to our guest, the one and only Carissa Thompson. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. You know a guy. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports. I know what sports fans want. But for everything he doesn't, he knows a guy who does. Let's just say, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy. All right, let's welcome into Straight Fire, someone I've known for a long time. The first thing I wrote about her on the big lead way, 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 way back, um, she was hosting a show with Matthew Barry, and then I, you know, 10 years later, I worked with her on some things at Fox, Carissa Thompson. Carissa, how are you? Oh, Jace. Well, I'm great. Um, before I knew you, before I met you, actually, when we were on set at Fox, I was terrified of what you would potentially write about me and I would you know how I felt about those publications a la Deadspin oh. when they said I was on a suicidal path to Frumpyville when I darkened my hair and I was scarred for life but you were always nice to me so thank you yeah well I mean listen uh you know you were starting your star was starting to rise at uh ESPN right you did numbers never lie sports nation you you were starting to become like a a big star and you know how some of these blogs are they're just haters uh, they just want well, to tear people down. It was more of a it was more of a twinkle uh, than it was a bright star. But thank you, I appreciate it. Yeah, we had uh, ESPN. ESPN was fun. I feel like I won the ESPN lottery when I really think about it in hindsight. That I showed up to Bristol was really only there for two years, and then Beetle left, so I went on Sports Nation, and then they moved Sports Nation to LA. So yeah. in the ESPN, like you know, 
graduates, I feel like I really had the, I had the, the PhD of how to do it. Coming yeah. to Bristol two years, boom, out back to LA. So there's a win there. I have some friends who talk about it. Like they did a turn in prison. Like I did, I did a two year stint in <laughs> Bristol and I'm like, come on, it's not that bad. And they're like, Look, Jason, Bristol is, is brutal. But, oh, it's uh, terrible. It's charming. I lived in West Hartford and I got to say West Hartford's adorable and like the surrounding towns of like Avon and Greenwich and that kind of stuff. But I was single for most of my time there. And I'm like, that's not a great place to be single. First of all, you don't want to like, well, I ended up, I mean, that was obviously a mistake. I dated someone I work with, but the, uh, you don't really want to do that. And then you like end up seeing the same people in the same town. So I'd go to New York a lot on the weekend. So yeah. that part was good. Smart. Um, I, I don't think I've ever told you this, but the first time we did a show together at Fox, you know, obviously I knew everybody knows who Carissa Thompson is. And I was like, oh, this is going to be interesting. And the show, it was speak for yourself one day. And the show starts and Carissa is just like a machine right out of the gate. And I was like, oh my gosh, she, she's really freaking good at television. And I was like a little nervous because you were, you had such command and like you, there was no stumbles at all. You were just like free flowing right out of the gate. And, and then Carissa, you know, obviously you become like this colossal global star um, everywhere. And I was just like, how did that happen? How do you go from like, you know, working at ESPN to being a massive sports star who can command a topic about Russell Wilson and then Pat Mahomes? And then, I mean, like, I feel like you you probably work harder than a lot of people in the industry. Well, you're very nice. And my agent um, left me, Nick Khan, to go run WWE. So given that you gave me such high praise, will you also represent me? You are very kind, Jason. Thank listen, you for Nick that. Nick Khan is a very nice guy. I know he does listen to the podcast. <laughs> but um, yeah, maybe did he give Yo. you training? Was there CAA training that I did not get? You um no I know and I miss Nick but that that said I appreciate the endorsement but I, I, look I mean and you know me well enough now to know that I have always sort of looked at TV as kind of like this adult playground right like we're lucky enough to get paid to talk about sports and it's not that serious and so for me it's a combination of sure always always go and prepared because there's like the whole misnomer of like females in sports blah 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 I'm over that narrative but um because I've been around long enough but yeah go and prepared but also like react to what happens next you know and especially in a live setting I mean we made a lot of mistakes remember Fox Sports Live I was actually talking to Jay on right the other night on his podcast where we were talking about, you know, those early stumbles and mistakes that you make and you just like anything, you know, your first day on the job of a construction site is going to be different than your 15th year on a, on a site building a house. So I think I've tried, hopefully, uh, you know, I, I, I just always look at my employers, are they still employing me? And hopefully that's a report card of the job I'm doing, but yeah, just be prepared and have fun. And, you know, you're only as good as your teammates, right? Like the people that you're on TV with, they can, I've been very lucky to have like great guys, including yourself around me that, you know, make my job easy. So it's fun. Come on. You know, you glossed over the whole stigma of the girls on the set, you know, and, and they can't chime in. And it's pretty clear you've shattered that along with a lot of other girls, but like, I'm, I'm assuming 10 years ago, it was a lot different uh, when you would handle that pushback about, Hey, she's on TV. When in reality, they didn't realize like, Oh, this girl knows like a lot about sports. And it's not just like, Hey, I'm here to be on TV. 
Well, I mean, I think for me, I always knew that I wanted to be a sports broadcaster. I mean, from the time I was like 11 years old, I had my brother pretend that he was Jay Buhner and like held a paper <laughs> towel roll with, uh, yeah, I was like, Tyson, he was two years old. I'm like, Tyson, please, will you be in this? I was like making like a little video, like a home movie. And I'm like, Tyson, please, can I interview you and you pretend you're Jay Buhner? And, uh, you know, it's something I always wanted to do. I mean, my dad, like to be able to hang out with my dad on the weekends, I had to like sit and be quiet and watch, you know, football with him. And that was uh, you know, and slowly, the more I listened to him, the more I learned, um, kind of a thing. So it was something I always wanted to do that said, like, you know, the story, whatever I started in human resources and, um, became a production assistant and all that kind of stuff. The point is about my story is that start, you know, it's something I always wanted to do, but knew that you have to put in the time behind the scenes too, and becoming a production production assistant and like moving to Denver and doing all that stuff and learning the process of it. I think I appreciate it it more once I was on TV, but look, you're only on there as, as long as your employer wants to keep you there. You know, I always look at it like this, like I've got a job for the next two years and then who knows what happens. So yeah, you work hard, make sure you know your, your, your stuff and, uh, and have some fun and be, like I said, a good teammate. I'm a big believer that there's a lot of talent, no matter what league you're talking about, where you can be kind of a C athlete, but if you want to be you know, tenured longer in the league, you'd be an A teammate and then do those other things that most people won't. So I try to live that way. I feel like you told me once you were an athlete, like, was it basketball in high school? Well, Jason, I don't want to brag, but I will put my letterman's jacket on. Uh, Yeah, I was a, uh, (laughs) I was a, well, our high school was only sophomore. I was a three-year high school, so sophomore, junior, senior. And so I, oh. I, I look, I brag, I'm bragging. I did make varsity as a sophomore. Me and mm. this other girl, Brina Cheney, she was 6'5". So she was obviously going to make the team. Um, and yeah, so I played basketball. I played volleyball. Uh, I threw the javelin. It's a random fun fact. Oh, wow. So yeah. So yeah, you I were threw like the javelin big because, into sports. Yeah, I was also just big. Um, but yeah, I was, um, I love sports. I played sports growing up and, you know, my brother played baseball in college and was drafted and like always just grew up with a, a sports family. And were, your, yeah. were your parents athletes when they were younger? Yeah. Um, except my dad decided to knock up my mom when she was 18. So his, um, you know, dream of playing college football was short lived. Cause she's like, Hey, I'm pregnant. He's like, cool. So I won't go play football. Um, but yeah, so, and they're still happily married. Cute. <laughs> so that worked out for them, but yeah, no, they, um, my mom played volleyball. My dad played football. Mm-hmm. I, I want to ask you about gambling. We did talk the line together this season and, um, listen, I'm not going to talk about uh, any losses How you might have had with the Chiefs, but you did nail the Super Bowl. Everybody else and their mom had the Chiefs. I'm talking up, all oh, this is going to be a blowout, you know, this, and you're like, mm, Brady. And I think, didn't you pick Tampa the entire postseason? Like every single game? I did, yeah, I did. Well, just for that that fact, you know, I was like, oh, you know, the Packers are so much better. And I just watched that team. I remember having, I sat down with Gronk, must have been week 12 maybe it was it was in the uh, latter part of the season and I just listened to him talk about you know and we saw each week they got better uh that defense I mean it's Tom Brady's not an idiot he (laughs) knew why he was going down there and he knew that he had that side of the ball uh you know short up and they had a ton of weapons there and then bringing in I just, I just watched what they were doing and I thought to myself, let's go with experience here. This is a guy that knows, uh, you know, how to win when it matters most. And so 
yeah, I just had a hard time betting against Brady. That said, so I nailed that one, but I was terrible all year, Jace. Like, you know, the Seahawks hosed me left, right, and center every oh, yes. time. And I was like gambling with my heart on that, which is so stupid. Indeed. Um, but you like the I'm Chiefs as well. And, and the the Chiefs were, they couldn't cover anything at all in the, in the regular season. They were awful. But you mentioned oh, the Seahawks. No, so let me ask you, uh, this Russell Wilson situation, uh, being a uh, Northeaster, or sorry, Northwester, um, is that a thing, Northwester? <laughs> Someone from the Northwest, I know you sure, have an sure. affinity for the Seahawks. Where are you on this, like, Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson beef? Look, I love Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's always been great to me, my family, and, like, you know, I, I'm I personally, um, he's, you know, what he's also done for that city, I mean, my nieces and nephews wear blue on Fridays and, you know, Seahawks are, are a big deal. That said, I, I just, I go like this and look, there's always the behind the scenes. Russell Wilson knows exactly what he's doing. He's never not in control. He's never not moving the chess pieces. And look, I think because he, he is an intelligent individual that knows what he says and how he says it, um, he's wanted help for a long time. Okay, we've all known that he's made up for deficiencies on that offensive line, even when they won the Super Bowl and almost won the second one. That hasn't been a great offensive line. He's needed certain weapons and hasn't gotten it. So, yeah, I, I think that it's it's disheartening. The only problem I have is this. It's like, and I think Rosillo actually like tweeted this out, which resonated with me. Where Russell, like, come on, you can't say like, oh, I don't want to be traded. But if I did, here's the four places I'd want to go. That's saying that's like saying I love my wife. But if I left her, here's the four women I'd want to be with. It's like I, I, I that's the only part where I'm like, come on, if you if you if you say it, say it with your chest and like say that you you're open to being traded or don't say anything at all. Um, so I think that that in a very long winded way, I'm a little disappointed that. He won't just say what he wants, but it uh, he's also knows exactly what he's doing. Right. So, so uh, I'm interested to see how it all plays out. Well, I mean, you said you, he knows what he's doing, and I think I would agree with that. But naming the teams is basically like daring the GM. I mean, it's basically saying to his team, like, yeah, I'm, I'm not in love with what I'm here with anymore. Like, how can he show up yeah. at camp? And say, hey, what's up, everybody? How's everybody going? I just trashed the the offensive line. I, you know, I told the, the team I need help. Like, I don't know. Is this irreparable damage? You've been in relationships. Like, no. If this kind of thing happens, is it over? No, because I've also been in very dysfunctional relationships <laughs> and made um, bad choices with some of my previous partners, and so I've made mistakes. And then I'm like, you know, there's always the way to like kiss and make up. I think that winning cures all, and I also know that people know what kind of talent including his teammates even if you know it's, it's, it's pretty obvious in years past what teammates like individuals and don't like individuals right I mean that was a team divided in that legion of boom and and all the sort of breakup of that that situation but anyways without going backwards and, and turning the attention forward Russell Wilson's still your quarterback and they still know they're a better team with him so you know, even if you're maybe not a fan of, of the way that he's gone about or said things or whatever, you still know that he gives you the best chance to win. So I think that people have a way to overlook that. I mean, even when we watch, remember when like the last dance, like watching the way Jordan moved around and like how he was with his teammates and like, he wasn't a nice teammate, but they all knew they were better with them. So if I'm on the Seahawks, maybe I don't like 
what's said, but I'm like, dude, that gives, that guy gives us a chance to, to yeah. win. So I'm all in uh, and, and you don't have to like him off the field. Well, that's the thing. My only thing is Russell Wilson. Everything about him is likable. He's like a super nice guy. Michael Jordan's always been an asshole. He was always a dick to his teammates and, and like a complete jerk. And they had to deal with it. Like, can Russ do that? heel turn you know like uh, I know Fox does a lot of wrestling now can he go from being super nice guy aw shucks I'm Russell Wilson I'm going to the hospital to say hi to kids and here's my wife and like can he start to be an asshole I don't, I don't know that you can flip that switch at this at 30 no and old. I don't I don't think no and I don't think he I think the, the the biggest knock on him has always just sort of been like yeah he's a nice guy but like how much is he authentic and as mm. I do know him really well and he is authentic and he is a good person and that that part is not an act at all but he's a competitor and I, I don't I don't fault him for sort of even in his own way if it's not congruent with the way that I would do things I mean hell you know me I'd be like yeah I'm having a real issue here I don't like this I don't like this I don't like this like he's more methodical about it because he is you know very conscious of his brand and and all that kind of stuff so at the end of the day uh, to overuse that statement but you just want to win and you want to be put in a position where your team and your front office is going to give you the individuals you need to win so um, you know, I hope, I hope Russell stays in Seattle for his whole career. I, I know that it's a place and it was something that was also important to him at one point to stay with one team. But I also know this, that dude wants to win and he saw what Brady did yeah. and he, you know, he's like, Hey, wait a minute. Like as, as cute as it is to be loyal to this town and to try to, you know, bring another Super Bowl home, you also know that you could go somewhere else. And he kind of, I mean, he holds all the cards. He's got yeah. all the the leverage. So yeah, I hope he stays. Um, but you know, it's a business and that's where, you know, you can't get emotional about that. You made an interesting point. I just started thinking about this. You know, Russell Wilson personally, you guys are friendly. Maybe you text, whatever, but you start to get to know these athletes when you interview them. You mentioned Gronk. I'm just curious, Carissa, how difficult is it now that you know, these people and have a kind of a relationship with them that you got to go on air and maybe say something critical of them. Is that tough for you? No, No, because you're also not, I mean, I think part of the reason why I left entertainment um, is that I, I felt bad if I was like, (laughs) oh, I don't like that dress that that girl's wearing, or I can't believe that those two are dating. Like that's personal, right? Like you start to get like who you're dating and what you're wearing and, oh, she got Mm. fat or this. It's like, that's just mean. Like I didn't enjoy that part. So that's kind of why I took, took a step out of entertainment because it was personal sports isn't personal in that same way, right? Like you can quantify what's somebody's done on the field. If Russell Wilson throws four interceptions, you go that he had a bad game. Like that's not personal. Those are facts. So for me, I, I, you know, and I'm not an opinionist, right? I mean, I, I distribute the ball and even on our conversation, you know, on the desk on Sunday, I definitely have my opinions, but I'm going to say like I, I, you pick your spots. And I also know that I want to hear the opinions of the hall of famers I'm sitting next to uh, more than I want to hear my own. So although I, I, I definitely find moments um, my opinion of, of athletes is, is personal. It's what I'm, yeah. I'm, what I'm seeing, you know, but what about a situation like a Dak Prescott? I mean, you've got the podcast, obviously calm down with Aaron and Carissa. I heart. Yeah, thanks. Obviously, Jace. Forgot the plug yes. 15 minutes in. So, um, <laughs> you know, like Dak Prescott, okay. Is asking for allegedly $37 million a year, Pat Mahomes money. Like you may, I don't know if you've interviewed Dak or, you know, him personally. I mean, you've spent time in Dallas, whatever, like, 
To me, that's insane. That is ludicrous that Dak Prescott could think he's worth 37 mil and I can back it up with an avalanche of stats. But if is it a little more difficult for you to either say it on your podcast? I don't know. You go on the gambling show with us. You do something with Cowherd, whatever. Like, do you have, do you feel sometimes you've got to couch it? No, okay. no, because I'd say this, like I, I never fault a guy for asking for money. Somebody's going, if, if he doesn't ask for it, somebody else will get it. And it's, I never get mad at somebody mm. because they make a lot of money. Somebody paid them that money and you're and Dak Prescott has shown class, everything that he's gone mm. through on the stage that he's gone through for America's team. And look, Dallas Cowboys, all we got to do is look at Fox that, that, you know, <laughs> teams on our air more than any other team. And there's a reason for that. Right. So I think when you look at and look, yeah, the guy shouldn't just be paid because he's a nice guy and he's went through a lot of stuff. No, of course not. Jerry Jones isn't an idiot. But I always look at this and and same thing when people ask, like, oh, fire a head coach. It's like, all right, well, then who are you going to go get? It's like when you're in a relationship, like, oh, I'm over this. Okay, well, then who who are you going to go date next? Like, if you don't like the current situation, you got to look around and say, okay, well, who's the better option? So if you're not willing to pay Dak Prescott that money, well, then who who are you getting as a quarterback? Yeah. Like I, I always just think like you gotta you gotta take a couple things into consideration. And number one, I never get I never fault the guy. Oh, I can't believe he made that much money. Hell, someone was willing to pay him that. Yeah, I'd yeah. take it. Uh, speaking of money, I will say one piece of advice Carissa Thompson gave me. I think I saw you in the makeup room at Fox, and. I said, like, oh, Carissa, I, you're killing the Instagram fitness workout videos. Those are those are awesome. And do you remember what your response was? <laughs> no, who knows what you're I like, said. What you I know, said. Uh, my agent said that I should do these and I can make money. And, like, you know, people are like, oh, there, there's another brand level for Carissa. And I was like, oh, uh, dude, I'll do anything for money when it yeah. comes. I mean, that sounds terrible. Yeah, Don't take that out of context. <laughs> but I uh, I have no shame. People are like, oh, you do a lot of ads on your Instagram. I'm like, yeah, I have mortgages. <laughs> That's what, uh, two. I have two mortgages. So uh, last time I checked, uh, as much as I love my parents, they're not sitting on the mound of cash. And I don't have a silver spoon. So I have to have 10 jobs in order to pay. So who gives a shit? And by the way, if you don't like my Instagram account because there's ads, then don't follow me. It's it's not just two mortgages. You have New York and LA, uh, two of the most expensive cities in America. Um, Thank you, James. I'm just out here in the streets, man. I'm looking for that Dak Prescott money. That's That's, never happening for me. So I just got to go I took your advice and I started posting some workout videos. And as expected, a bunch of dudes are like, what the hell is this, Jay? What are you doing? Like, and I filmed myself making all these baskets and Daniel Jeremiah, NFL Network, he's a friend. He's like, man, Jay, I can't believe you did that. I mean, come on, what is this? And Carissa, believe it or not, people started to come to me with some free stuff. Hey, can I send you some headphones? See? I was like, man, Jay, she really knows the friggin' game. Don't knock it till you try it. I mean, Don't you're knock you're it till onto you something uh, as, as a veteran, obviously. <laughs> now, let me ask you about the podcast, you and um, Aaron Andrews. First guest, you know, not not a bad one. I, you know, I had Colin Coward as my first guest. Uh, you had Kevin Hart. Um, you know, not a bad A lister. Uh, first of all, how did the podcast come about? So, thank you. Yeah, Aaron and I started this podcast um, sort of hesitantly because we joked that everyone had a podcast, and we're like, "What is all this? Why does everyone have a?" Pod-? And then we're like, "Well, wait a minute." similar to the idea of the, the workout videos. Well, if other people are doing it and other people are making money, like we're stupid not to, again, this goes back to mortgages. We got bills to pay. So, um, and truthfully it was because her and I, um, ended up like, you know, talking for 
a lengthy amount of time each day. And we're like, why don't we just parlay this into yeah. something where, you know, we can use this platform because, and it's not sports centric. I mean, sports, of course, is a part of it as it's our background and something that we are passionate about uh, and enjoy talking about, but we want to, you know, we're both starting our own business. I started a home design company. She's got her clothing line. So we want to um, have guys on like a John Foley who started Peloton or, you know, it's a different it's Sarah Blakely, like from Spanx, like different mm. people like that, just from the entrepreneur side, we want to learn more and get smarter in those areas. We will have on, you know, yes, a, a guy like Kevin Hart or, or some actors or different, you know, famous sort of people, but it's, um, it's a little bit of everything. We're looking forward to seeing where it goes, but also just, our own relationship and our own friendship that I don't think people know um, has spanned the the decade plus that it has. So we're enjoying it. So I saw Ryan Rosillo was one of your guests. Obviously, you guys are tight. I, I ran into you near my house at a restaurant. You and Ryan, what, like two years ago? Yeah. Last year? Ryan's, Ryan's good at that whole podcast thing. He knows he's, what he's doing. I think he's decent. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you know, here's the funny thing. You guys are tight. Uh, I know he plays basketball. Now, I, I'm not tight with him. I, I know him. I think we're friendly, I guess. I started a pickup basketball game out here where I live. And I know he lives right around the corner from me because I see him, you know, at Starbucks or whatever. And I was thinking of asking him, but a couple of the dads are like, you know, he's real jacked. He's like super physical, man. Is it, we're not trying to get hurt out. It's a little bit of a, you know, it's, I guess it was like 28 to 47 age range. And some of the dads are like, I don't know, man. Rosillo's, nobody's trying to get jacked underneath. And now, Ryan, is he still working out a lot? I know you guys are friendly. Oh, my God. He's st- he's huge in, uh, during quarantine. Kyle, my husband, was like, God, all the gyms are closed and this and that. And Rosillo's like, man, you can come down to my house. He opens up the garage door oh and it's like God. Equinox in there. <laughs> and it's just, this guy has never met a leg day he didn't like. He's just jacked. I'm like, Ryan, what are you, what are you just like? eating egg whites and working out all day. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Mr. Yeah. Fitness. But yeah, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't yeah. want him to be posted up down low. Yeah. No, no, he's, no, no. he's a big boy, but anyways, all right. Car- uh, Carissa Thompson, congrats on the podcast success. Um, I mean, I would, I would list all your accolades. I have your, you know, your resume here, but it's like 74 oh, God, things you've done. Well, we don't want to put people to sleep. I, <laughs> please. You're, you're, uh, you know, a lot, my, my young daughter knows who you are. Cause we've done stuff. And a lot of people look up to you, like given where you are and, uh, you know, everything you've accomplished. So congrats on everything. And hopefully uh, I'll see you soon. That's so nice. You Jace. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on.